Yo, what's happening, everybody? My name is Anthony Carrenti, and thank you, as always, for checking out another episode of the Dynasty Drive. I appreciate all of the support, as always. We are back after day two of the NFL Draft, rounds two and three in the books. Plenty of fantasy-relevant players uh, coming off the boards through round two and three, so going to kind of run through them as quick as I can since um, this is kind of consecutive days with an episode, so trying to cram this one in here. Apologies if it's a little rushed. Uh, or shorter than normal, but we're going to try and squeeze in as much as we can. Um, real quick, if you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Drive. You can follow the show on Instagram at the Dynasty Drive, like the show on Facebook. And while you're at it, make sure on Twitter, go ahead and follow at Rookie Big Board. Uh, we recently announced the Rookie Big Board Podcast Network, a uh, ton of great shows, what uh, you became accustomed to on the NFL Draft Bible, or formerly the NFL Draft Bible Podcast Network feed will be available over there. So lots of good stuff coming over there. Check it out, subscribe, and follow those accounts if you're not already because you're not going to want to miss any of that. Uh, so let's jump right into it. Day two gets underway. Round two starts off, and the Green Bay Packers go ahead and make their move to acquire a wide receiver following uh, years of looking for wide receiver talent, it seems like, even though they passed again on round, uh, in round one-on-one. And, uh, of course, they traded Devontae Adams, but the Packers come up and draft North Dakota State wide receiver Christian Watson, uh, an athletic freak, big guy, fast guy, size-speed combo. Um, you know, I, I would have liked him a lot better, I think, sliding in across from somebody that's proven, like if Devontae Adams was still there and he can kind of have somebody across from him like that to play off of, uh, because I do think there's a bit of a transition coming for Christian Watson. That said, it's, you know, best possible scenario from a quarterback pairing standpoint, so it doesn't really get better than landing with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so somebody that was further down on my rankings, I think, than some other people, he'll probably bump up slightly, uh, but nothing too, too crazy. I don't, you know, he won't jump into my top five or anything like that, I don't believe. Um, he'll still be kind of in that third tier, fourth tier of guys. Um, that goes sometime. Honestly, I would assume this will push his ADP or his price tag up high enough that I likely won't end up with a ton of him, I don't think. But we'll see how that reacts. But from a uh, football perspective, great move for the Packers. They needed a wide receiver, and you could certainly do worse than in round two pairing a, a kind of an athletic marvel like Watson with a quarterback, a future Hall of Fame quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. So Christian Watson comes off the ball, uh, comes off the board, excuse me, 34th overall to the Green Bay Packers. Next thing we have that is fantasy relevant is the New York Jets trade up from 38, uh, yeah, from 38 to 36. They trade with the New York Giants. They move up to select Iowa State running back Brees Hall. Um, quietly, this is something that I've been mentioning a lot over the last couple of months that I think there was a chance that the Jets that the Jets would invest in a pretty big way at running back if the right player fell to them. Um, I just a week or so ago mentioned, you know, trade Michael Carter uh, before the Jets go ahead and add another running back. And I like Michael Carter. And I think the Jets like Michael Carter, but they clearly wanted to run the ball at a high clip. Um, they invested in a, you know, Pro Bowl guard like in Tomlinson. They want to run the ball. They want to emulate what San Francisco does. Brees Hall fits that scheme to a T. Uh, I'm not worried about Michael Carter siphoning off a ton of work from Brees Hall. I think Brees Hall is going to get all the work he can handle in New York. And not to say Carter won't mix in, but I do think it's about as good as a landing spot as we could have hoped for with Hall. 
Uh, and selfishly, from a Jets fan perspective, it's exciting to see them invest in a, a premium running back like that and put some more weapons around Zach Wilson. So I think the arrow is pointing up on that Jets offense as a whole. I think arrow up for nearly everybody. Uh, and this is one of my favorite landing spots for Hall. And I'm probably a little biased towards that, but what can you do, right? At 41 overall, we get another running back off the board. The Seattle Seahawks draft Kenneth Walker the third from Michigan State. So Kenneth Walker is the second running back off the board just behind Brees Hall. It's a really interesting fit. Um, Chris Carson's obviously a massive injury risk this year. Rashad Penny comes back on a short-term deal, but not a lot of money. And personally for me, it's tough to, or it was tough over the past couple weeks or month or so to trust Rashad Penny in any sort of like big capacity. And I think Kenneth Walker is a really good fit for what they want to do. Uh, it's an exciting pick. He's got the high draft capital, you know, early second round. So I don't have any problem with him being, you know, the second running back or the 102 in a lot of drafts uh, come off the board, especially given how crazy this whole draft was with quarterbacks. Uh, but Kenneth Walker, the third, a good fit in Seattle. Uh, and, you know, I don't think it's a huge hindrance to him that Rashad Penny is there because I think Kenneth Walker kind of runs away with that eventually. Next is a wider uh we get a couple of wide receivers back-to-back. Excuse me, I almost missed one. The New York Giants, 43rd overall, kind of surprise and take Kentucky wide receiver Wandell Robinson. And the Texans, 44 overall, select Alabama wide receiver John Mechie third. So real quick between those two guys, surprising to see Wandell go 43. Uh, I thought after measurements and athletic testing that he would go you know, maybe late day two, a lot earlier than I expected him to go. We'll see what their plan is for using him. Uh, and how they kind of can make best use of both Wandale and Kadarius Toney. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. It was a little bit shocking, but you know, I'm curious to see what they have planned for him. I think Joe Shane said that he had big plans or a clear idea on how he wants to use Wandale, so we'll see what comes to fruition with that. And John Mechie, somebody that I really liked, um, and I'm not surprised the NFL valued this way. Houston needed more wide receiver help. They want to see what they have in Davis Mills. Uh, I like John Mechie a lot. Of course, you'd like him to be hooked up to somebody a little more proven than Davis Mills. Uh, And I think the bulk of the passing work obviously will continue to run through Brandon Cooks there. But I do like him to get some opportunity there in Texas or with the Texans. And there was worse spots for him to land. It's encouraging to me to see him get drafted this high. So Mechie's somebody that's still a worthwhile target uh, in round two of rookie drafts for me. We get a run of defensive players after that until the New England Patriots at the 50th overall selection select Baylor wide receiver Tyquan Thornton. So big time speed for the Pats. Um, I was curious to see if they would add you know somebody with a bigger size profile, but they opt for the speed. Um, and we'll see how that pans out. It's not the most exciting fit for me, uh, but I'm willing to kind of wait it out and see again not saying he's the same as Wando, but seeing what their plan is for him and how they want to utilize him. But obviously the speed is elite. 52 overall, the Pittsburgh Steelers select George Pickens. Uh, it's a fall for George Pickens, but at least he does go earlier on day two, not falling into the later portions of day two. Um, but it's crowded, and that's what I am kind of disappointed with. I thought we were going to have a real shot to get George Pickens in a spot like Kansas City or like Green Bay where there was going to be really ample playing time immediately in front of him and maybe even potentially with a really really good to elite quarterback depending on situation um pittsburgh finds a way to draft wide receiver talent every year i know that's kind of like a trope that everybody says but uh it's kind of a crowded room there chase claypool's there deontay johnson's there you have 
Najee in the backfield and Pat Fryermuth as at tight end. Um, so I think Pickens can work his way in, but you know, the path to clear consistent playing time early on in his career isn't there. The caveat to that being, we'll see what happens with Deontay Johnson. If he eventually becomes the next wide receiver that looks to force their way out of their current situation. But for the time being, um, he's got some guys ahead of him that hinder his potential to give it an immediate early impact. More skilled players right after Pickens. So a whole run here, uh, 53 overall, the Colts select Alec Pierce, wide receiver from Cincinnati. 54 overall, the Chiefs select Sky Moore, wide receiver from Western Michigan. 55 overall, the Cardinals take the first tight end off the board, Trey McBride from Colorado State. I really like all of those fits. The Colts needed another wide receiver. Uh, they've got two guys with, you know, really interesting size profiles, and Pierce can uh, win deep and is a pretty good route runner for his size. And kind of uses his body in similar ways that Pittman can to kind of shield defenders. So it's a pretty cool duo that they have there. Sky Moore uh, to the Kansas City. Price tag's going way up on Sky Moore, right? I don't think uh, anybody will be getting him real in the second round of rookie drafts anymore, being hooked up with Pat Mahomes and not a lot ahead of him besides um, obviously Kelsey at tight end, but Juju Smith-Schuster at the wide receiver position. I think you're going to have to spend a, a mid to late first round pick on Sky Moore uh, to – to put him on your dynasty squads. And then Trey McBride, um, the Cardinals needed to add another weapon as well, despite trading for Hollywood Brown. McBride is uh, kind of an interesting pairing there. You can, you know, they have Zach Ertz as well, but you know, another weapon, a proven pass catcher. Let's see what they could do to potentially keep Kyler Murray happy, right? They, they get Hollywood in there. Uh, they add Trey McBride. So it seems like they're trying to head towards making amends there and keep everybody happy. Right. We'll go for a little bit then without anybody. And then 63 overall, the Buffalo Bills dip their uh, toe in the running back water, but they go James Cook. So James Cook gets round two draft capital. Um, kind of shocking that he goes ahead of some of uh, the other players available, but not also not totally shocking either. Um, shocking from a Buffalo standpoint that I thought if they were going to draft running back, it was going to be somebody that they felt good about giving a real three down roll to and um, I'm not saying Cook can't be that guy but he hasn't proven to be that guy uh, so we'll see how he slots in with Devin Singletary who did finish down the stretch uh, pretty strong in 2021 but obviously a pretty premium investment in somebody like Cook so I would expect him to be involved early on in his career as well all right so that's everybody from round two moving on to round three and who we saw come off the board. So some offensive linemen, linebackers, tackles, and then uh, at 71 overall, the Chicago Bears finally get a wide receiver for Justin Fields, Tennessee wide receiver, Velas Jones Jr. That's an interesting fit. Uh, nice to see him go on day two. They needed somebody across from Darnell Mooney. Otherwise, Darnell Mooney maybe would have got 200 targets this year. Uh, they needed to add a pass catcher, and uh, the upside is worth the risk at this point. Uh, you have to give Justin Fields something to potentially work with in 2022. 73 overall, the Colts take a swing on tight end. Jelani Woods from Virginia, athletic freak. Um, we'll see if he can kind of wrestle some work away from Moali Cox early on. But the, an athletic marvel at tight end, you can do way worse than taking a swing on him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he settles in in rookie drafts now if it's you know late round two, early round three. Uh, I think that's probably somewhere near where it will settle at. 
Um, but I think it's a pretty good landing spot, and he's got a shot at, you know, I don't expect crazy production out of any rookie tight end, but he's got a shot to work his way into the rotation there and start contributing uh, in some fashion as a rookie. Right after Jelani Woods comes off the board, we finally get a quarterback. It's not Malik Willis, though. 74 overall, the Atlanta Falcons select Desmond Ritter, the quarterback from Cincinnati. The quarterbacks all fell. Uh, Kenny Pickett, the only one that goes on day one. We had a bunch of them fall way later than anybody expected. Ritter's not somebody I've been high on. Uh, he's not going into a good situation. Frankly, I'm not a big enough believer in him as a, a prospect to think that he can do enough to hold on to that job long-term, especially without real premium draft capital invested in him. Um, 74 overall isn't a big enough investment that if this team is really bad next year, that they stay committed to him at quarterback if they're in position to draft a guy like Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or Tyler Van Dyke or somebody who, you know, enters the draft and they fall in love with. Um, so it doesn't do a whole lot for me. Ritter is somebody that I was pretty much fading to begin with because I wasn't a fan of the prospect. And this is, you know, it doesn't move the needle for me in the opposite direction at all. So it's a pretty much a pass for me. The Denver Broncos at 80 overall select UCLA tight end Greg Dolchich. Um, my tight end too. Love the fit. Kind of hurts maybe Alberto in the short term. Um, we probably have to pump the brakes on full-blown Alberto breakout season. But it's a good fit. It's an interesting fit uh, to see how that tight end work kind of gets divvied up. Obviously, Noah Fant's not there, so he really only has Alberto ahead of him immediately. Um, but we'll see. You know, Russell Wilson has got targets there, so I think at best you can hope for him to be, you know, what, the fourth best target in that offense, fifth maybe, depending on how you stack it up with K.J. Hamler and the running backs. So it's going to be tough to find uh, consistent work early on in his career there, but I do like the fit uh, just from a team building perspective for an NFL, you know, team building perspective. I, I really do like it. The Dallas Cowboys at 88 overall select South Alabama wide receiver, Jalen Tolbert. I like this more than I expected to like wherever Jalen Tolbert ended up. Uh, I was lower on him than a lot of other people. I wasn't as impressed what what I saw on tape and not that I'm, you know, the end-all be-all, but just I didn't come away as impressed as I expected to based on how other people were talking about him. Um, but I do think it's a good landing spot. We'll see what the recovery time ends up being with Michael Gallup. I wouldn't expect Tolbert to honestly be anything crazy eye-opening. Um, so while I do like the landing spot from, again, like an NFL team-building perspective, doesn't move the needle a whole lot for me uh, in fantasy. After that, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 91 overall, select Arizona State running back Rashad White. So I love to see Rashad White get this day two draft capital. He was my running back five coming in. He's not falling out of my top five, I'll tell you that much. Uh, he gets the day two draft capital. I like the fit in the short term. Like You're not going to get workhorse running back numbers out of him, but he's such a good pass catcher that I think short-term in 2022, he carves out a legitimate pass-catching role right away, and that's going to have some value with the opportunity for more right next year and further down the road. So White, somebody I'm still in on, will still remain in my top five running backs. Uh, really, really pumped up to see him sneak into day two there. The San Francisco 49ers, 93rd overall, took Tyrion Davis-Price from LSU because, of course, they did. They had to make everybody freak out about whatever shares they currently roster. 
of the 49ers backfield. So um, this one, it, it just feels like it kind of muddies up what is already going on in San Francisco. Uh, not really a dart throw that I'm super interested in making in fantasy leagues. Um, I guess you could do worse if it's super late, you know, fourth round, whatever. You're just throwing darts. But uh, the draft capital says one thing, but it's just a kind of messy, ugly, not ugly, but, you know, loaded kind of room where Elijah Mitchell will be involved and does Trey Sermon still get involved a little bit and just a lot of mouths to feed there. 94th overall, the Carolina Panthers come up to select Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral. Uh, so the Panthers go the route of drafting Matt Corral instead of trading for Baker Mayfield, at least at this point in time, you know, uh, just before midnight on Friday heading into Saturday. Uh, it seems like talks there have kind of broken down and probably aren't going to happen. So I think Matt Corral has a real shot to win that starting quarterback job from Sam Darnold. Uh in the short term, and honestly, I'd rather take the shot on Matt Corral than I would on Desmond Ritter in fantasy drafts, especially given the supporting cast around Matt Corral is better than, uh, and not to take away from what Desmond Ritter has, I mean, Kyle Pitts and Drake London, but the rest of that roster is bad, and I'm a bigger believer in Matt Corral as a talent than I am at Desmond Ritter, so I'd rather take the shot on Corral uh, over Ritter still at this point. The Washington Commanders, 98 overall, Take Brian Robinson Jr., the running back from Alabama. I really felt like the NFL was going to love Brian Robinson more than a lot of people were talking about. Uh, I know a lot of people that I value their opinions on, you know, valued him as a top four, five, six running back in the class. Uh, I'm not shocked at all that the NFL took him on day two because I do think he's an impressive, strong, physical runner who can absolutely contribute. He's somebody that will be moving up my rankings. Uh, I had him as my running back 10. He's definitely going to come up the list uh, after seeing or after getting that day two draft capital. Arrow down for Antonio Gibson. He's somebody that was moving down a little bit for me already anyway. I kind of valued him like a back-end RB2 moving forward. Uh, and I don't think Brian Robinson is coming in to not take work away from him. Uh, he's a strong physical runner that is going to get some work there. And I just think it's disappointing that, you know, a couple of years ago it was, okay, Gibson's going to get the passing work, and then he didn't. And they just kind of, I feel like their actions are telling us everything we need to know with Gibson, and I'm not going to treat him like a three-down running back uh, until I'm proven otherwise because they bring back McKissick, they draft Brian Robinson, their actions say that that's not going to happen. So I just can't really value uh, Gibson like that currently until we know for sure otherwise. 99 overall, the Cleveland Browns like David Bell, Purdue wide receiver. So David Bell does get on, uh, get his day two draft capital. It's a pretty interesting fit. I mean, David Bell, they have obviously after they traded for Amari Cooper, they have Donovan Peoples-Jones, but that's it. And David Bell, you know, could emerge as a real option there for Deshaun Watson uh, and the Browns offense. So we will see if he can work his way onto the field, but not too many people standing in his path to find him consistent playing time. The pre-testing process or the pre-draft process wasn't kind to David Bell who we knew wasn't the most athletic wide receiver and then didn't test like the most athletic wide receiver but somebody after going on day or excuse me not day three round three of the NFL draft uh, will be bumping back up a couple spots in my rankings Jeremy Ruckert the tight end from Ohio State goes to the New York Jets at 101 overall 
Again, I like this for the Jets as a fan. I like this from a team-building perspective. You're not going to see fantasy dividends from this uh, in the short term. If you've got deep benches and you could stash them, you know, this might be a year, two years down the road. But keep in mind that um, this is a young offense and Ruckert's a good fit to kind of grow with that offense. But this team also did give some guaranteed money over, I think, two years each for Tyler Conklin and C.J. Uzama. Uh, so what was a barren tight end room now has three pretty capable players in it. And not that either one of those previous two guys, you know, are super high level elite fantasy products or fantasy options, but, uh, they're going to play. So it's going to take some time to see the fantasy reward for Jeremy Rucker, but big rosters, deep benches, tight end premium leagues, stash them if you got room, because I do like the fit and think, as a pro, he could be in store for a better career than he even had uh, as a college player at Ohio State. And then at 105 overall, the San Francisco 49ers take SMU wide receiver Danny Gray, somebody that can win deep. Uh, they needed to add a little bit more there, obviously, with the Debo Samuel uncertainty looming. Got to continue to kind of pump in some wide receiver talent. So I like it, um, you know, getting into right on the cusp there of day three. The traits are there that it's worth rolling the dice, on, especially for a team that has to kind of continue adding there right now with the uncertainty of their own superstar wide receiver, especially as superstar wide receivers continue to get traded at a unreasonable clip. And that was the last pick of round three. So we're heading into day three tomorrow. Still some players out there that it's interesting to see where they end up, especially at running back. Obviously biggest one, Isaiah Spiller falls into day three. Hate to see it. Um, hopefully he can go early on in round four, but we'll see what the NFL thinks. Uh, fortunately at this point, he's obviously going to have to slide down the rankings, uh, just based on what the NFL is telling us, but hopefully he can go early on, on day three, similar to like how we saw Michael Carter go early on day three last year. So we'll see if that happens and then kind of, uh, give full thoughts on day three as well. So I appreciate everybody listening again. Uh, sorry if this one was a little rushed. I wanted to quick get it out there after day two ended, so it was out there for first thing Saturday morning. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. I will get another short episode out, probably about the same length, trying to recap what happened on day three and what's of note to, to monitor moving forward towards rookie drafts, and we'll go from there. So I appreciate all the support, as always, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Thanks.